Now, closing in on 7.45 this morning, you may have heard the acronym CVID. Uh, You may have heard it as just an abbreviation or as a full-blown acronym, which I'm not going to attempt right now. But uh, it is certainly something that's come up quite frequently, Um, perhaps annoyingly so if you're not familiar with what it means. Complete, verifiable and irreversible. The D stands for denuclearization. And we're going to hear even more about it in the wake of the U.S.-North Korea summit being made official for June 12th. Well, U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton has elaborated, saying it means getting rid of all nuclear weapons, dismantling them, taking them to Oak Ridge, Tennessee. You might wonder, why on earth would the U.S. want to take North Korea nuclear weapons to Oak Ridge, Tennessee? Well... There is a precedent. That is the site of a nuclear weapons plant storing Libya's dismantled nuclear weapon equipment. And the Libya case, again, is something that John Bolton has uh, frequently pointed out. Not the most uh, promising, given what happened to Muammar Gaddafi from Kim Jong-un's perspective. Richard Nephew is a senior research scholar at Columbia Center on Global Energy Policy and served as the lead sanctions expert for the U.S. team negotiating with Iran from August 2013 to December 2014. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thanks very much for having me. Before we get to the North Korea issue, let's talk a bit about Iran, uh, the nuclear deal that you helped design. What is the... The general feeling from your side and and, and those who might agree with you at this point, are you disgusted with the way the Trump administration has torn it apart or or did you see any sense in that given the way things have played out in recent years since the deal was done? Yeah, pretty much. I am. I'm very upset, uh, mostly because uh, the JCPOA was, in fact, constraining Iran's nuclear program to a significant degree and preventing Iran from having the kinds of capabilities that could allow it to uh, launch a nuclear weapons effort very quickly. And the real problem is that this administration has yet to describe how a return to sanctions is going to do any better in preventing that than the agreement we've just left. What about the argument that the, the deal allowed room for Iran to continue to develop weapons, potentially of mass destruction, or certainly test ballistic missiles and that sort of thing? Uh, was that just too challenging to to get into the agreement? Yeah, well, I, you know, look, at the end of the day, um, capabilities that the Iranians had developed were capabilities that we weren't going to be able to remove them altogether. You know, they had acquired a lot of the knowledge required to uh, enrich uranium and to develop materials usable in, in nuclear weapons. So the key issue is ensuring we had restraint on the physical items they still had in the country, what the agreement did, as well as transparency into what they were doing so we could detect if they were moving down that path. And I think the JCPOA did a pretty good job of that, leaving some possibility of of a future problem, but to the future, and when we'd be potentially in a better position to deal with that. On missiles, uh, we tried uh, to get restrictions on Iran's missile program. Um, At the end of the day, that did prove to be too challenging the JCPOA. But to my mind, uh, the benefit of the JCPOA was solving one problem and allowing for negotiations on the other problems that we have Iran uh, to be dealt with uh, at a later time. And if this administration had used the JCPOA as a platform, as a springboard to dealing with those issues rather than tear it apart, I I think we'd be better off. The global consensus is very much in favour of your deal, 
but I'm sort of forced to play devil's advocate here, and I don't want you to take that the wrong way. I, I, but just pushing along a little further, is there a danger, based on the logic that you've just put forward, that North Korea will will be able to push for concessions if uh, if the U.S. had stayed with the Iran nuclear deal? Well, look, I actually don't think that the uh, North Koreans are going to back off of concessions just because we'd stayed in the JCPOA or the fact that we left. I, I think the North Koreans are going to proceed from the basis of their own security interests and their own political interests. as They, they look to a negotiation with the United States, with South Korea, Japan, and others. And, and I think that uh, candidly, the, the biggest risk that we've got from the JCPOA being taken apart is the loss of credibility that the United States will stick with agreements that it's reached. And I think the North Koreans, uh, more than anything, probably have to be asking themselves, how do we trust the United States will do what it says it's going to do and stick with an agreement longer than one presidential cycle? Is there an argument, though, that there is no trust anyway between any of these partners and that deals have to be constructed in a way that gives people too much to lose to pull out of them. Absolutely. And I, I think at the end of the day, that we're going to find that was the case with the JCPOA uh, with the United States, that, that we are going to lose a lot as a result of withdrawing from it. Um, and so the consequences are, are going to be ours um, as Iran probably restarts its nuclear program uh, and as we, we aren't equipped with the tools to try and stop it. In the case of North Korea, I think that uh, at the end of the day, the North Koreans are interested in having a negotiation because they feel fairly confident in what they have achieved thus far and their ability to hold at risk uh, South Korea, the Japanese, as well as the United States. And I think that the logic of this agreement is going to require uh, them making some painful concessions, the U.S. and others making painful concessions. But the key issue is it's not trust that in, in your adversary. It's not trusting your negotiating counterpart. It's trust that they will remain committed to the agreement that you have uh, uh, negotiated and that you've got this ability to make things very painful if they don't. And, and I think that this is where I say the North Koreans will have learned that clearly they need to make it even more uncomfortable for the United States to back away since we just backed away from this one agreement. How meaningful is a denuclearization agreement with North Korea likely to be when, for a long time, experts have been saying the horse has bolted on that? Uh, can you really put that, again, to, to mix metaphors here, that, that particular genie back in the bottle uh, what, once it's out, which it very much it seems to be? Yeah, I, I think this is a, a reality that we have to confront in the North Korea context, that um, we will never be able to be sure, 100 percent sure, that they have not retained documents for their production of nuclear weapons, uh, that they may not have even secured materials and, and uh, equipment for the production of nuclear weapons. I, I think the verification challenge in, in North Korea are going to be very, very significant. That said, there is a world of difference. Uh, between where we are right now with the North Koreans, the size of their uh, weapons arsenal, the size of their missile force, and where we could get to with an agreement. Uh, we may be able to sharply constrain the number of nuclear weapons that they possess, potentially even eliminate all of the weapons that we can find 
in the near term. We may be able to establish very intrusive verification means to be able to test whether or not there are additional weapons being produced or additional weapons being hidden. And we may be able to do the same sorts of things with regard to ballistic missiles, all of which would be a meaningful improvement in uh, U.S. national security as well as the security of our allies. So can you be 100% sure that you don't ever have a problem in North Korea ever again? No, probably not. And I, I think that's just a reality that has come along with 15 years of North Korean uh, nuclear weapons development. But on the other hand, uh, you know, we can make some improvements, just as we did with the Soviets with arms control and the Russians thereafter, that I think would be meaningful to pursue here. Given your position uh, and expertise on, on a variety of global affairs, I wonder what you make of the, the, the web that potentially stands in place if this was all to go horribly wrong. The, the idea that uh, Iran being free from uh, U.S. nuclear agreement, uh, the idea that North Korea might fail to reach a nuclear agreement with the with, with well, just about anyone. Um, and and then you've got players like China and Russia, who Iran are currently appealing to. Is there a danger that um, we could be heading in a very sinister direction in your mind? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, I'm even less concerned about the interconnections between the countries, you know, this, this classic theory of the axis of evil, than I am uh, concerned about um, the fact you would have uh, runaway nuclear weapons programs in two of the most sensitive regions of the world, with very direct implications for national security for a variety of different countries, and for escalation and misperception. Uh, to potentially replace the possibility for negotiation. So I, I think we're at a perilous moment. And, and this is part of the reason why I think the United States needs to step very carefully. It's, it's good that we'll be having negotiations with the North Koreans. I've been encouraging this for a very long time. Uh, I'm not so certain that it's good uh, to go to the presidential level as, as quickly as we did, but it's, it's positive to have negotiations. The key issue, though, is to, to not just be satisfied with negotiations and instead ensure that those negotiations are moving us forward, uh, either to stabilizing uh, conflicts uh, that are potentially uh, on the way or trying to prevent them to the extent possible. And, and that takes more than one summit. That takes more than one meeting. And it certainly takes more uh, than uh, temporary measures that are done on a voluntary basis. And so there's a lot of work to be done here, and it's going to take consistency and effort to be able to make the most of it. I mean, these words like patience or consistency, they're, they're not uh, something that we've been too familiar with, with with North Korea's foreign policy. Uh, well, on, on the one hand, been very consistent, actually, but uh, it's the consistency of blowing hot and cold that's maybe worrying. Is there part of you that just wonders how far we are from a return to the other side of the cycle? Yeah, I, I think there's always a risk of that. But but the way I kind of look at it is the, the North Koreans actually have been remarkably consistent in uh, wanting to be treated as an equal in negotiations and wanting to uh, establish their own security conditions before they proceed. And I think that um, for the U.S., we, we have had various different uh, objectives over time that we've pursued, everything from CVID, which you mentioned, uh, <laughs> to uh, more stabilizing measures uh, along the way. I think the real problem is thus far, uh, both sides have been trying to one-up one another, uh, either that's the U.S. coalition uh, together or, or the North Koreans. And I think that uh, hopefully now there is some expectation and sense, both in Washington and Pyongyang, as well as other uh, capitals, um, that we're not going to get optimal outcomes for anybody. 
um, but but suboptimal outcomes can still be good. And so uh, from that perspective, if we can get everyone to stop trying to one-up one another and, and trying to steal the advantage on one another and instead concentrate on, on de-escalating the situation, I think we can make some real progress. Thank you so much, Richard Nephew, Senior Research Scholar at Columbia Center on Global Energy Policy, having been involved as an expert involved in dealing with Iran before the deal that has now been brought to the brink by the U.S. pullout. It's wonderful to have you with us on the line. Thank you very much for having me.